0: Tune in to another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio brought to you by M3S3 Clothing. Men make moves and sucker stand still. And as always, on the mighty, 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 mighty Nerves DJs Radio Network. You already know, man, it's the same week after week after week. At this point, it's becoming redundant that I only rock with legends only. And today is absolutely fucking no exception. When I say R and B is back. I'm not saying that as as hyperbole. I'm not lying to you. I'm not talking shit. I need to introduce you to the greatness that is Brayla How you doing, Queen?
1: How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. I'm super excited, man.
0: No, thank you. That it is an honor <laughs> and a privilege. I don't know what uh, the fuck going on with my mustache though. What else? <laughs> I'm like, man, I was I'm looking, looking
1: I'm, at my hair. I got a little straight hair or something. Right. I'm, t- I'm talking. I'm like, damn, is right. that
0: a curl or something? I don't know. Is that toothpaste? Right. I'm not sure. I'm sorry.
1: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> right. We got to make sure. We thought it was good. <laughs> anyway, um, how you doing? How's your family? I'm doing great. My family's doing great. I just got off the phone with my mom, so everybody's doing well. You know, I miss them since I'm not home in Dallas, but I miss them so much. But they always check in. They're always supporting. They're always watching. So, They'll probably tune in today, so if I see them, if they pop in, hey, y'all, I love y'all so much.
0: So where you at now? Where Where you located?
1: I'm in Philadelphia right now. I've been here for almost two years now. I moved here right after college.
0: Yo, that's crazy. I, uh, I interviewed uh, Gilly the Kid's son last
1: week. Really? Yeah. I haven't met either one of them, but I've heard of them, so, you know.
0: Very, very humble cat, too, and I believe really? his sister sings.
1: Oh, I love that. I love a singing family. Listen, that's why I come from a singing family. So I love people who come together in music and do something, you know, at least something in the industry.
0: (laughs) Okay, so let me ask you this, Dan. At what point Mm -hmm. did your family buy into your artistry as a career?
1: Hmm. You know, that's a great question. I think, honestly, when I decided to go to college for music, but at the same time, I would say, like, during because i I honestly took music seriously in middle school like sixth seventh grade sixth grade when i lost first place at the talent show and i got third place i was like okay i think i want to do this like i think this is in me so i started taking it serious and that's when like my mom was like oh yeah i got you but i think that like they took it seriously as like my actual career when i was like in college actually learning and getting my degree for it
0: okay who'd you lose to
1: um some girl who was praise dancing, and you know, we love the Lord. So, you know, anytime somebody's going to cry and really feel it, I understand that they're going to get first place. But I was like, I don't know. I really feel like I was giving y'all everything I was supposed to give.
0: <laughs> okay, what is but, praise know, was dancing? Though. I needed, what, what What's praise dancing?
1: Literally, like, liturgical dance. Like, I used to praise dance myself. So, like, you know, the whole worshiping to, like, a gospel track. You know, anything you would see in church when the praise dancers come out of the mimes, it was that before the talent show.
0: Usually, when I see somebody like dancing, they running down the aisle.
1: Oh, see now that's a praise break. There's a difference. That's pra- you know what a di- oh, oh. My, <laughs> my, my, my
0: apologies to the praise dancing.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Praise dancing is really nice. It's just another form of worship, for real, for real. But you know, it, it's dancing. You know, it, it's it's ministry, but it's dancing.
0: So what what do you call what you do? Is there like I'm getting the Neo Soul vibe, but you way too young to even know what that
1: is. (laughs) I'm still learning. I really honestly feel like um, where I'm at right now, I'm still trying to tap into new sounds for myself. But I like to go, I like to call myself a Um, Mm singer-songwriter. But I do, I feel like I do so much. You know, I'm a part of a band. I write for other people. Um, I do jingles, you know what I'm saying? I do a lot of things in the music industry, but I'm, you know, because I'm so new at it. I'm still learning the things that I can name myself and you know put on my resume and things of that sort because I get called a vocal producer a lot and I'm starting to really embrace that because of the way that I arrange. I really think that it could be class- classified as bo- vocal producing.
0: You have mastered the art of, of uh, the the ad libs for singers.
1: <laughs> you really have. That's a hard. That's a hard thing, man. Exactly. I still feel like I tr- I struggle with that. Like recording, I feel like it's really hard to. Think about what you want to say when you're ad-libbing. Um, but I, again, I think I have church to thank for that as well, because I think the hardest place to ad-lib is in the church, in my opinion.
0: They won't boo you, but man, they give you the ugliest looks.
1: I'm trying to tell you. They will stare you in your eyes <laughs> and not make a reaction.
0: And they're going to talk about you for eons to come. Oh, that's that girl I'm that got up there three you, years ago, and I'm trying horrible. to tell
1: you, man. Why didn't they let her sing at the like funeral? singing in the church. Uh, <laughs> funerals? Oh, my goodness even me and my own family have had a couple of laughs at a couple of funeral performances because that's what it felt like a performance i
0: i have been there I'm, I'm- man
1: <laughs> it's hilarious you know you gotta you gotta let people do what they do because it's in their heart you know what i'm saying but at the same time it's like you know sometimes it's better to choose people who really have experience in this area rather than you know, man-man who just want to sing for his uncle funeral or something like that, you know? Yeah,
0: because <laughs> man-man generally, you know, he can't sing. Respectfully. Right. I don't want man-mans across the planet to be pissed at me. Yeah, right. Uh-uh. I'm just
1: saying, you know? It's <laughs> man-mans usually got
0: hands, too. I'm, gonna I, them I,
1: I'm trying to tell you. I'm like, there, there's a different profession there. It's not singing.
0: <laughs> so what do you prefer? Songwriting, performing, or being in the studio?
1: in the studio and I have this conversation all the time because I believe that right now performing pays a lot of the bills Mm -hmm. at the same time equally for me like where I'm at in my career I get a lot of money from working with other artists writing with them being a feature just working at home in my own home studio rather than performing but it's like an equal split so for now I'm indulging in all of it but my main love is recording in the studio like there's just nothing like it it's nothing like it
0: what's your process in the studio
1: um so i work in logic i get this question a lot as well so i use the logic DAW and um i have my mic my interface my computer um and it depends on what i'm going for if i'm writing a feature normally people are going to put me on second verse mm-hmm. um so i'll you know i'll listen to the song a couple of times and then what i love to do is go in and like just record me like humming whatever i'm going to end up singing because uh, lyrics is really the hardest part for me. Even though I've got my major in songwriting, lyrics is still the hardest part for me to write. Um, just because you know, you don't ever want to miss too much to make sure that you're connecting with the people that you're singing for. So, you know, I always like to go in there and just record a couple of like hums, kind of like mouthing what I'm thinking I'm gonna say, but not mm-hmm. saying it and kind of like going back, listening to what I do, then I crop everything and make it one track that's like a lead track. Then I'll go back and re-record that lead track with the words after I listen to it on loop for a couple of times trying to figure out what the words are and then I'll come back and I'll start adding the BGVs which is usually the easiest part for me because the structure's there after the BGVs so at that point I'm just having fun finding harmonies seeing what makes sense as a melody Um but usually I do this whole process on live I'm usually always recording my music on like Instagram live or TikTok live because it's, just, it's really easier for me and I love allowing people to see my process, because, you know, a lot of times people really do have these questions mm-hmm. and it doesn't really take away from my artistry. I just feel like it brings me closer to the people who support me the most.
0: I could never do that.
1: Everybody says this is so fun, though, like it's literally so fun.
0: I'm more um like back in my day, um, I was more a Missy type, of, you know, artist. You know, like I didn't really want nobody else there. If you were not uh, yeah. relevant to be to the mm-hmm. song, I didn't mm-hmm. want you in the studio. I didn't want nobody looking at me while I was while I was rapping. You know, mm-hmm. it was just a it was a cathartic experience for me that I did not want to share with other people.
1: I understand that. There's a lot of people who like around my friends groups that I like work with and stuff like that who have that same mindset, and I respect whatever. Like I always ask people whose music I'm working on, like if they prefer for me to keep it a, under wraps or if it's okay for me to work on it on live, whether or not they want me to not say if it's for them, things of that sort. Because, you know, it's really important that people get the rollout that they want for their music and that whoever it is feels comfortable with the way I'm recording it and with the way you record. So I respect people that don't want people in their sessions. Like I don't really like for it to be people in the room with me physically most of the mm-hmm. time. Like I could do maybe someone I trust. Give me a good point of view like good um corrections things of that sort like my engineer in texas like Mm -hmm. i like to just record with me and him maybe two other people who actually help to the session and not just sitting there you know being a father or something of that sort but it's all within the nervousness like everybody we all have our own way of being nervous like my nervousness comes on stage that's the only time i'm really like seriously nervous but for other people that's in the studio
0: when does that go away
1: like hours after the performance (laughs) it never yeah i'm like i don't know what it is i think it's just because you know i care about it so much and it's like i feel like for me performing is like another spot that i feel like i could really grow on still Mm -hmm. um there's always room to grow as a musician i love i always say i want to remain a student of music so when i'm on the stage that's when i feel like my most amateur even when i feel my most experienced because it's just like you're giving people, like, the real thing in real time. And that's always just, like, nerve-breaking because a lot of people don't really, aren't able to stomach the way I sing. And, I, you know, I can't be mad at that, but to be able to sit there and, like, look at people not like what you do, it's, it's nerve-wracking. It's and even when people do enjoy it, it's just, like, it's a good nervous, too. Like, the butterflies that I get, like, I, I don't want to lose the nervousness because I love the butterflies that I get when people enjoy what, what I'm doing as well. And I'm
0: sorry, uh, i just got to text my wife back. Eh?
1: As you should. Do what yeah. you got to do. <laughs> you know, I know how that goes. You got to get those in. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, get it to her ASAP so she know what's going on.
0: Let me ask you this. Top three songwriters for you.
1: Songwriters. Um, so I'm going to say right now that I didn't really know about who was writing what until I got into college. So I'm mm-hmm. still figuring out like who's actually behind certain songs that I studied growing up. Okay. Um, I would say, off the top of my mind, how do you say his name? Tion Christian, because he wrote a lot for Brandy and I absolutely respect everything he did for Brandy, as mm-hmm. well as Big Shiz. Huge respect for everything he did for everyone. And um, Twinkie, Twinkie Clark. I would say that. Those are the three that on my heart right now from the music that I'm still listening to. Oh, man.
0: See, I'm, I'm more, yeah. like, you could be one of my kids. I'm, I'm sorry.
1: I know, <laughs> I know you hate to hear that. <laughs> I know. It's uh, okay. I'm used to it, really.
0: But I'm thinking <laughs> definitely Babyface. Absolutely Diane Warren.
1: Diane Warren. Hmm, I think I have to do my research. That one might be a little past me. Oh, I may yeah. know a song, like if you said a song, possibly, but uh-huh. like I said, I didn't know who was behind these great hits before I went to might, college.
0: She might be the goat. Really? Yeah. I gotta
1: get into it, man. Let me write this down.
0: Yeah, you If you don't check nobody Damn, else man. out, a mm-hmm. uh, 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 unique looking old white lady. Really? Yes.
1: Diane Warren. But's
0: got a gift.
1: Hmm.
0: She really see. does have a gift. I'm trying to think. Who would I put third?
1: Yeah, that third is always. You can always switch back. I probably would say third. Prince. That's fair. I say that's fair.
0: Yeah, I think I like Prince.
1: That. Oh, I know her face. <laughs> 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 that's, it. <laughs> that's it, though. I don't know. I gotta go look up the songs.
0: I didn't oh. know you can get a degree in songwriting, though.
1: Oh, I didn't know either until I the my senior year of high school, and I I saw my friend was um, on Snapchat. I was just on Snapchat and I saw that she went to a school called Berkeley, and I was like, okay, this looks like it's music related. So then I started looking up some more and I saw more people like kind of going viral on Instagram. Some of my favorite singers who were going there at the time. And I was like, okay, I think I can kind of get away with the type of music I want to do at Berkeley." Cause of course we all know about Juilliard, but I just knew that that wasn't my setting. Like not for what the way that I like to perform, the way I like to write and just who I am as a person. I didn't think that would be a good fit. So to see my friend going to Berkeley, I was like, oh, this, is, this, is, this might be good for me. And that was the only school that I ended up auditioning for. I, I applied for like maybe four other schools, mm-hmm. but I only auditioned for Berkeley because I really didn't want to go to college. But, you know, because this one was all about music, I was like, okay, this actually might be perfect for me. So, you know, when yeah. I got there and I realized all the genres, I mean, all the, genres, all the majors that they had, songwriting was just the one that was closest to me, the one that I felt like would be a good fit.
0: So do so you had to sing for your audition?
1: yeah you have to sing you have to sight read um i think you have to do like a counting type of sight reading as well and uh you have to do like two different types of uh songs um i did like a classical song and then i did summertime i always sing summertime i used to always sing that for my auditions (laughs) Mm -hmm. um the fantasia version because i i was a kid when she won american idol and i used to always love her version of that and so when i grew up i always started singing it American man. Idol used to be the business. I'm trying to tell you
0: oh, as a kid. My oh, my
1: goodness. Probably Thanks the so first
0: five seasons, maybe six or seven. Yes, oh. absolutely. You go to work and it's the it's the talk of the, the, the day. I mean, yep. like, it was just, uh, man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Between that and Sunday Best, I think Sunday Best might have been my favorite singing show that I've ever seen, honestly. Oh. I'm not going to lie. They had some of the best singers on there.
0: I don't, oh, you're talking about the church one, Sunday's Best. Yep, okay. the Kirk
1: Franklin always used to host. I've watched mm-hmm. that
0: a couple of times. but oh, you know.
1: uh, Some of my good friends are the winners. Like They're really, really some of the t- most talented singers you've seen on TV. I'm not going to lie. And, of course, it ends up being Sunday Best because most of the good singing comes from church. It's what we know. It's, it's in our blood. Okay. When was the first time
0: you got paid? <laughs>
1: Um, I don't even, I don't want to know
0: how much. I'm not about to get in your bag, your bag. I
1: couldn't even tell you that from the first time. I think that it may have been... I don't know if I got paid for anything that I did in high school or not. So I can't speak on that. But I did do a couple of things in high school on my own and with my own. Like I used to have my own gospel group. So I don't know if we really did anything for money or not. Um, but I know that I think like one of my first gigs that I got paid for was my freshman year of college. Was in... Um, what was it, DC? I think it was one show for it was like this big LGBTQ show. It was so great, which is like right down my alley. So, you know, when I did that show, it was like everybody in there loved me. I was like, oh man, I got we gotta do this again. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's the first show I got paid for, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> off my memory. Oh man, it was it was crazy. Let me I was ask like, you this. And,
0: and and this this is completely respectfully, but does that does that limit your audience? Or, or or, make your audience bigger?
1: Um, I'm not going to say that it doesn't limit it, because I've run into situations where uh, people will, like, you know, try to say whatever, homophobic remarks. That's stuff that I've already prepared for when I decided to come out the closet way back in what, high school. So I've been used to the slick remarks, but, you know, me, I'm working on my smart mouth and my comments back, because, you know, I've always <laughs> been wanting to go back and forth with people. <laughs> I'm still working on that to this day, but it doesn't bother me whether or not it limits me because I know that I'm here on this earth to reach a certain audience and God's not gonna let me go before I do that. So I'm not, it's never, it's never bothered me. I just love going back and forth with people. So I do that, but you know, it's never, I've never noticed to my face that someone's chosen not to you know, work with Mm -hmm. me or give me an opportunity just because I'm gay or because I'm black or because I'm a woman. But I know that that is always possible. And I know that that's that's happening somewhere. Um, but most of the time for me, it's one to my advantage because, you know, I'm I'm who I am and I'm confident in who I am. And so that'll take you a long way. And I have faith in what I do and I have passion. So, you know, I believe that that'll carry me and get me to the right places.
0: And and, and you, you, you're you very, very talented. That helps.
1: Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> That's yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> That's true. That's you're true. trash, you know, <laughs> yeah, that would be go different. different. That'd be different. Yeah. You know, um, mm-hmm.
0: is it, do you have the same approach writing for yourself? as you would writing for somebody else? Or do you just write and then divvy it up after the fact?
1: Honestly, so I've just started writing for people, like what, last year, like on a serious level. And I'm still getting used to the way that I like to write for people. It really depends on like how I get approached with it. So if like um, a producer comes to me and it's like, I want you to write for someone else and I'm not going to talk to them or get to have a conversation with them mm-hmm. about anything they want. I'm going to write in the way that I think they would want me to write, like based off me hearing their music, I'm gonna try to give them something I feel like they'd be comfortable with from what I hear, but also something new that feels like it's in this age and go well. Um, But if it's someone that I'm speaking to, and we're having conversation, I'll I'll usually just ask them, like, just write down everything you feel. And uh, I'll try to, you know, take those words and make it make sense from your point of view, but like with, with my words. Um, so it's their words and my words, and I'm just making it work in the way that is their perspective. So that's how, it's easier for me to work with people when I'm talking to them and kind of gauging what they want, but mm-hmm. I'm still getting used to this world where you write for people and you're pitching like a whole pack of songs to someone. That's definitely been like a really big challenge for me, just like writing for someone and like trying to get that mindset of how they really like all their music to be and not giving them the same songs or making it sound too much like me or making it a full song and they don't have anywhere to edit. So, you know, it's it's really a thin line that I'm noticing when you're writing for other people, but I'm still learning. So, you know, I like to take different approaches depending on what it is.
0: Okay. Um, oh, geez, I don't know if I could do that though, right, for other people. And, and, and It's hard. Do you look at, at, at rappers that have ghostwriters differently?
1: You know... I don't know how many of the rappers have ghostwriters. Um, You'd
0: be surprised.
1: I Personally, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that there's a, a good amount. I would love to, I'm still, I'm, that's what I wanna know. Like, I really wanna know who's writing for who and like how this process is going so that I can, you know, figure out where I can fit in and make my arrangements for other people. But um, as far as rappers, I respect people who write for themselves more, but I always believe that we need those people who don't write for themselves because that's where we get to write for other people. Like, if it wasn't for them, we couldn't write for other people. So, you know, I respect the the people who don't have people write for themselves, but I don't judge anybody who's getting written for it. Like, I don't judge it at all. And especially if it's good.
0: I think Drake has completely changed
1: the narrative on that one. You know, you, you think he has a, a ghostwriter? Because I've seen those conversations. Oh, I know he does.
0: Like they, oh, that, man. That, that's nothing. That's not even a secret. Uh, what's his name? Quentin Miller. <laughs> I think that's that's his name. Like mm-hmm. he, he was writing a bunch of shit for, for dude, you know, they had a falling mm. out or something, something to that. I can't remember really? the ugly part of it, but yeah, he was mm-hmm. writing for, you know, I think he does both. He uses, you know, writers yeah. and he also writes himself, but he, he totally just eviscerated the narrative that rappers, you know, for you to be considered great or whatever,
1: You gotta write your
0: own stuff, yeah. And then when you kind of look back, you know, like even from the Sugar Hill Gang, like their first big song, dude stole his verse from somebody. Oh wow! Yeah, he didn't. They didn't even get paid. He just stole it.
1: Okay. See, I don't. I can't. I don't like stuff like that. Like I've experienced some people that I know like taking entire hooks and choruses from someone and not crediting them at all, but making it a whole new song. Like I don't. I I like. I really think that we need to work as a society on giving people credit no matter where their stance is in the industry or whatever like just give them their credit like it doesn't really take that much to do so
0: yeah but that's also giving them a part of that check
1: hey man you gotta do what you gotta do you made the decision to take what you took would you rather get sued down the line like it just it doesn't make sense to me like the easy way to me is to just you know Give credit, but I feel like it gets more complicated with the ghostwriters. There's a, diff- a difference between stealing somebody's verse and somebody ghostwriting, for you. yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like you shouldn't be just stealing people's stuff. That doesn't make sense to me.
0: I mean, even if you're ghostwriting, you know, you still got to give them credit, you know? exactly. They shouldn't be excluded from, from their publishing, nope. or no, shit like that. They should get their bag, yeah. Um, if yeah. I, um, and I ask this, people, I ask people this all the time, but if, if let's say, I'm trying to put somebody up on Braylor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What would be a song that I should I could start with From your, your perspective
1: Most definitely The song that I just dropped last week Do Over mm-hmm. I absolutely believe that this song Is a really good example of where I'm heading As an artist like overall um, I'm I really feel like this song Is a good mix for people who Can't retain a lot of stuff That's going on musically at the same time But it's also a good space for people who really care More about lyrics But it's also still home to people who care about like melody and like the acrobats that i do like it's a space for everybody in this song so i think this would be the best place for somebody who hasn't heard my music before to start so they can get a feel of like what they may be looking for when they start to listen to more stuff that i have from the past because man a lot of my songs get really complex and i know that that's as for a certain crowd but you know i'm i'm definitely trying to get into a place where i'm able to cater to more audiences um Mm -hmm. i just i have a love for the complex
0: (laughs) i know i was listening uh EP two,
1: yes, my
0: favorite.
1: Oh my god! Yeah, absolutely love that project. Yo, and
0: I had to write it down. But pretty,
1: pretty. Oh yes! Shout out to Atira.
0: Oh Oh, my my god! I mean, I like all of them, but Pretty, Saving Grace, and BMW for me. Favorite
1: three? I feel you. Oh Oh, goodness! That's such a compliment. Thank you. Those are like some of my favorite songs. And No Joy—that's that's the one that I produced and had all my friends come and re-record everything that I produce. So that's one of Mm. my favorite ones that I hold close.
0: Who's your favorite producer that you've worked with thus far?
1: Mm. Huh. I mean, are we only counting music that I have out already? No. Hmm. Okay. My favorite producer thus far. Oh, so many. I just, I love so many producers because I love messing with different sounds. Um... that's a hard one i want to say it's between this guy named luke and a friend of mine which one Mm. this is really hard i have so many i don't want you people to get
0: mad at you though
1: they won't get mad they know that that's why i have so many favorites because and this is why i work with so many different producers because i absolutely just love collaboration and it's hard to just stick with one person when there's so many different sounds to explore but I think that, like, some of my favorite work that I've done that isn't even out is the songs that I've done with Luke. He goes mm-hmm. by St. Luke on Instagram if you want to look him up. He's really dope. He has a couple of records with um, Her, uh, Dixon, um, Pink Sweat. It's a couple of people he's worked with. So, you know, I met him when I came to Philly and I met him through a friend of a friend. And we just worked on, like, almost six, seven songs. We got, like, almost an album worth of music that hasn't come out yet. But it's some of the best music I've did in my life. And I really love how he approaches music because he has an understanding that like, I like for most of my tracks to be bass carried Mm because bass allows me to have space in like my high register. And it just works well with my voice. Like I don't really like too many ambient sounds and stuff like that. Cause it kind of gets in the way of all the stacking that I do. So I really like how he approaches that.
0: So how many tracks are you doing vocally on (sighs) an average?
1: For a regular song, realistically, there's going to be a lead track or two, depending on like how I have to stack and overdub. And Mm. then there'll be two alto tracks, two tenor tracks and two soprano tracks. Then there'll be two unison tracks for alto and two unison tracks for soprano. So that leaves me room to harmonize and three-part harmony for backgrounds. And then add any extra harmonies with my lead with the unison notes, um, and then give me like octaves for any uh, ad-lib parts. So it's it's, it's a good amount of tracks to fit everything I need to fit, but it can get complex.
0: Yeah, that's like, what, I about do, I can do tracks? three. Two,
1: four, six, eight,
0: ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah,
1: almost. On um, One song I have, like, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen almost tracks. Yeah, I'm, I am stress my mixing engineer out. I be getting on his nerves, I'm not going to
0: lie. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, you got to be... That got to cost, too.
1: Listen, that I mean, can't my be cheap. engineer... He's like an uncle to me. So thank God that I've been, you know, knowing him as long as I have. I recorded my first song with him, which was Follow Me in like 2018. I wrote that when I was in like middle school and finally decided to make it a song when I was in high school. Um, And so, you know, I've been working with him since that day, but he's been in a band with my brother who also plays Keys and is an artist. His name is Daytron Cook. And I was on his first album first, and that's kind of when I got to meet Anton, who is my mixing producer, mixing Mm -hmm. and mastering and producer. Um, So, you know, we've been doing this for so long, he's watched me grow up. I'm, he's like my uncle for real, for real. So, you know, anytime I need something, he makes sure that it's in a good budget for me. So I'm grateful for that. But anytime he's working with somebody else, I'm like, listen, he, he, he's very expensive. Cause he's, <laughs> he's no amateur, he's very professional. Nobody has been able to mix my vocals and make them sound as good as he has. Like EP2, that's all mixed by him. Things You Do, my first project, that's mixed by him. Follow Me is mixed by him um and then this most recent one do-over was mastered by him and mixed by another guy that i just met so i don't really like to move too much out of my mixing engineer i like to keep the same person because you know he knows what i need he knows my backgrounds are really important to me a lot of people will really just try to turn my backgrounds completely down and i'm like that's that's where the magic is at
0: yo my manager rita absolutely loves you
1: i love her she's so sweet i'm so happy that we got to meet and talk (laughs) like if it wasn't for her man listen
0: she's <laughs> yo she's a pit bull
1: oh my goodness she she means business that's what i like i like that
0: oh boy
1: <laughs> so
0: so what's what's next on the horizon for you
1: um so right now my focus is you know really trying to work on getting some consistency in my career since i've decided to take on music full-time It's almost been a year since I've taken on music full time. So I'm just really still trying to find my way. I would love to find a residency here in Philly and just you know, sing once a week or maybe every two weeks. I would love to just be somewhere and make it my home and just continue to work on my performance skills because that's what I really want to start perfecting. Um, Other than that, I'm really working on a couple of projects for next year. I'm gonna have a lot of things coming out next year. So I'm really excited about all the stuff I'm working on and all the people that I'm working with. Um, So there's that. There's that. And then, you know, just trying to get out there more as a songwriter and write for more artists because I need to practice.
0: How'd you end up in Philly?
1: (laughs) So I was uh, in Boston at Berkeley and then I met my girlfriend who I've been with for almost four years this month. Um, And she moved out to Boston with me. Uh, And then after I graduated, we moved to Philly together because this is where she's from. So it just felt easier to move here than, rather than move back home to Texas because that was just so far. And it was a lot right after college. Like, it just it didn't make sense. So I was like, you know, I'm down to be in Philly because I wanted to get some networking done here and learn about the music scene because I don't know a lot about music history. So just being here in Philly, the stuff that I've learned about the music industry in itself and just, like, how much has come out of Philly, I couldn't have been happier to have moved here. Like, it was a really good decision. So I'm happy to be here in Philly.
0: Who who do you appreciate the most artistically out of Philly, just historically? Not necessarily now, but going mm-hmm. back.
1: Um, I think for just for my experience and like what I'm doing, Jasmine Sullivan has been like my number one from Philly as like an artist, a respective like You're creative, the,
0: the Toxic Queen.
1: Hey, man, hotels, (laughs) okay? (laughs) Stay away from my windows. (laughs) I have a respect for Jasmine so bad, man. She's one of my top three artists, like, of all time. Like, I've been listening to her since I've been listening to music, really. So she's a huge inspiration in, like, who I am as an artist today. I have Mm -hmm. a huge respect for her approach to music um her approach to arranging like her own background vocals and things of that sort and really just her acrobats and things of that sort like I love her ability and agility to move around like so you know she's one of my favorites to come out of Philly as a singer but if we're talking about musicians I think that like my biggest takeaway from Philly thus far has been my friend Trey um he plays drums he goes by his trayway on Instagram if you guys want to check him out um he has taught me so much. I'm in his band now. We have a band called uh, Trey Wayne and the Now Generation. You should check us out. We're going to drop an album this coming year as well. Uh, but, oh, my goodness, the stuff I've learned from him, irreplaceable. I, I just There's really not a lot of drummers out here or just people, period, like Trey. So he's really taught me a lot about the city, about, you know, my confidence as a as an artist, um, even my swag as an artist. Like, he's just put me and all of the people in the band on to so much. He's such a good person. I'm now the worship leader at his church who um, his mom is the pastor. So, you know, I'm just really learning a lot here in Philly. And like, those are like two people from Philly that I would say has inspired me the most.
0: Is it easier to be a part of a band or a solo artist?
1: Um, If we define an easy, it's easier to perform. In a band because I get to hide behind the fact that it's so many of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and normally like I'm I'm usually like a, a additional vocalist because he'll sing most of the songs we do is his songs and then cover songs. So most of the time I'm a supporting vocalist, so it's not okay. as much work, which is what I love. I listen, any chance I get to be lazy, I'm gonna take that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I only stand up and sing. When it's my solo song and he's like, "Okay, we're going to give you a song, go ahead, I'll stand up out my stool. But other than that, I'm sitting in the stool, I got my tambourine, I'm here for supporting lines. That's easy, you know what I'm saying? And it's so much fun because I get to enjoy and listen to all of my peers. Like, there's our keys players. His name is Juicebox, amazing keys player. I mean, one of my favorites in this nation. I'm trying to tell you, he's blessed beyond measure. And then our, uh, our bass player, Izzy, so dope. His connection with Trey while we're playing A1. And then um our guitar player, Ian, like, hey man, he got the Holy Ghost. We call him Holy, Holy Ghost Ian. Um, but just listening to them play, that's all I really care about. Like, I, I love to sing, it's what I do. And I love to compliment Trey when he's singing. But really, I just love listening to them play because it's, it's such a crazy connection that we've built over this year, that we've been a band. And it's just fun to be a part of. Like, it's easy because of that. But I mean, you know, it's of course easy when I'm on my stage by myself, but it's not, easy in terms of like i can be lazy like i have to make sure that the band is connecting with me make sure that mm. the audience is connecting with me then i gotta talk i don't like talking so it's just like it's so many things that goes on when it's your really? own show like yeah i can, I really I can can't see, see you no
0: doing thing. like a uh a, 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 just a, a acapella sitting there on a stool you know, That's what I'm, working on.
1: I'm absolutely going to be doing a lot of those types of things coming forward. Like I'm trying to get into that music video aspect where I actually like get some content on YouTube and things of that sort. And people get to actually experience me outside of live singing and stuff like that. So I'm going to work on that this year. That's going to be some stuff I want to I want to get out because acapella is like my favorite thing in the world.
0: I think there's a park in Philly. I only know this because of Tony Hawk: The Game. I used to be addicted to this shit. Uh, <laughs> oh God, one of my favorite video games of all time. Uh, but Fair I want to say it's Freedom Park.
1: Mm, Freedom Park. I don't know I about that so. one. I know Fairmount is our biggest park.
0: Well, there's a brother there. Uh, is it Stevie Williams? I, I might be hmm. butchering his name. But there's a brother there that's a, like like the brother in in skating. Like he, like oh. the OG, the the brother that, and he put Philly really on the map. As far really? as uh, yeah, as far as like skateboarding,
1: uh-huh. like yeah,
0: the dude is is phenomenal. You know, I forgot his name, of course. Um, but yeah, there's a particular park out. that they they used to skate at in Philly that mm-hmm. is like part of the Tony Hawk parks that you can skate on. Mm. Like I, I could know, I see you there with a keyboard just singing. singing.
1: That's actually really cool. I'm gonna have to remember that. Give you a a nice little 10% or something. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Because I've been thinking about a couple of different spots to sing, so I like that.
0: Yeah, I could, I I really, like, you've got the pipes to pull off just pulling up and singing.
1: I know, and I want to do that one time. Like, I've always wanted to, like, I still want to one day sing in, like, a subway and in Times Square. Like, those are two big things that I really want to do before I leave this earth. It's on my bucket list.
0: Yeah, and you have That'd great so songs.
1: Fun. Yeah, thank you. I normally don't even like to perform my music too much. I'm just now getting into it because it's so complex. So it's like when it's time to sing it on stage, it's like if the band don't got my back, I'm going to have to do way too much work. And I really don't. It's a lot when people don't already know your music. You're going to new stages. People don't know who you are. They don't know your songs. I'm like, I don't, I well, don't I think work over you're time. giving
0: your words enough credit.
1: Really? You think so? Yes, I don't. Wow. Like
0: thank you. Because like, when you say it's complex, I get because you do so many, you know, tracks or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the yeah. end of the day, it's letters and words.
1: Facts. You're right. It really just you've got a gift of putting those like things together. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really should. I really, I am going to start performing my music more. Like, I'm making it a necessity to at least do one of my songs whenever I go somewhere. Because, um, you know, we don't really get a lot of time to sing anyways these days because who can really afford it after covid to pay us for more than like 3 4 songs
0: so Sheet, within it i like to just make sure people have jobs this motherfucker's quitting their jobs and spending $2000 on a ticket to go see Beyonce they got to the be
1: right i don't know who they are but child it must not be these venue people
0: well you know what you you your performance i just me personally never having seen you perform i just see it I think that that's what's going to set you apart from your contemporaries.
1: Mm. You're right. You're right. And I feel like my I like my performance. I still, of course, feel like there's room to grow. Um, I think for me, it's just finding like the right place for me. Like I said, since I'm looking for a residency, like I want. That's why. That's why I want to get this residency so bad because I want to figure out where I like how I like engage certain crowds. Because of course. With different restaurants, I sing at a lot of bars. I sing mm-hmm. at a lot of birthday events, and I sing at a lot of like galas and stuff like that, um, and a lot of weddings. So it's like trying to decide how yeah. these different audiences take to certain songs. Like I like figuring that out so that I know when I walk in a room without even have heard the crowd, if what they're gonna like for to hear me sing stuff of like that. Stuff like that, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I, I would like to come to Philly when you got that residency. Because I I, I want you to, I want the crowd to come hear you and not you have to think about what I'm going to play for the crowd.
1: Yeah. I feel that I will. I can't wait for the day where I'm just doing shows and people are coming to embrace whatever I have to give. You know, a lot of times when you're at these venues, there's already a certain setting like in the, in the restaurant. Some restaurants are already known for jazz. So it's like, you're already kind of making them a little uncomfortable because they came expecting jazz and you're doing R and B, but like, Finding the way that, like, how I sing. I like to watch what people react to so I know what to build on. Like, that's just, it's really a fun part of performing, honestly. Mm.
0: And then It's got, challenging, uh, though. Is it Malcolm X Day they got every summer in Philly? They got a, they mm. have a, a big uh, event out there outside. I've seen, like, like people uh, go live picnic? on it. it. It might be Malcolm X
1: I don't know. There's a Roost picnic, there's S'mores fest.
0: It's definitely not um, the Roost picnic. Um, but there's a brother there named Ron Green's got a clothing line. Um
1: Ron Green. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Look, look he's he's, he's like he's definitely a guy in Philly. Um well when I say a guy in Philly, like dude's been doing his thing for a minute. Uh, oh, wow. there's a black owned bookstore there that's pretty famous. Again, I, I don't know, you know the name about. of it. But
1: I don't I probably don't know the name either but I, would I, know, call, I know i know talking about look them
0: up and call them up yeah like that hmm. i like yeah i got to do
1: my research on Yeah, that's that's how like i
0: would, like if i if i were telling you okay this is well i am obviously <laughs> i guess um <laughs> but my thing is okay you know what go where there's no audience
1: yeah people who need to build an audience yeah and need yeah. to build their relationships
0: so, mm-hmm. so so your audience is the audience
1: right you're right, you're right. I like that idea. And I'm definitely going to, it's really for me, I would love to do more than one restaurant. Because like I said, since this is my full time, I really got the time to do more than one restaurant. So I'm going to I'm gonna look around. I have to, of course, work and go and see what's going on in these places and just get my name out there and let them know what's going on. Let them know I'm interested. Because a lot of times it's really just the fact that people don't know that I'm interested. And I've yeah. been having to learn that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you, you said you guys are dropping an album, when are you dropping it?
1: right now we're working on the single the first single that's going to come out so that should be out at some point next month if i'm not mistaken but don't quote me on that because i'm i haven't even recorded my vocals yet they just finished the music so i'm not sure but once the mixing is done i think we we should be all good to go for that first song so i'm thinking that's going to be this year but the album i'm pretty sure that's going to drop maybe top or medium next year if i'm not mistaken
0: okay and and It's pretty easy to pick a producer. You listen to some of the shit they've done before. Oh, I like that. I don't like that. Whatever. How Hmm. do you go about picking somebody to mix for you or master your songs?
1: So, usually, I will not go and ask anybody to mix my music except for my, um, I call him my uncle. I'm just going to call him my uncle. My uncle, Anton. um, If he's not available to mix it, then I have a friend named Samidio I met in college who taught me a lot about like how I record now. He really set up like a preset for me so my vocals sound good and stuff. I always trust him to do a mix if I can't like go to Antone, but I really won't ask anybody else to mix my stuff unless I hear something and I'm like, okay, let me reach out to them, which is very rare, very, very rare.
0: Who have you heard where you're like, that mix is phenomenal?
1: Mike Grizzly did a um, mix for me and our friend Nathan Grow. We have a song out, um, what is it called? Called No Words, Mm -hmm. really good song. Absolutely love that song. And I wasn't expecting to like the mix as much as I did, but I really liked how he was like very selective with certain ad-libs and how he did certain effects. Cause you know, a lot of times when I work with Anton, we like to keep my vocals kind of close to how I recorded it, just so that when I'm offering these songs up for, if I may get signed one day, you know, they'll be able to hear me in the music and not so much effects. But I do like how Mike Grizzly messed around with those effects on the song. So he was one person who shocked me with his mixing skills and then a person who just mixed do over the song that I just dropped. Um he's a friend of the other guy who's on the record with me, Be Bearded. Um so I don't I hadn't even heard of him before or like gotten to meet him other than FaceTime. So I wasn't I wasn't sure what to expect. But mm. I actually really loved what he did with this mix and then of course when Anton mastered it, it just all brought it together. So you know, I think that mixing is always just going to be a gamble cuz you never know cuz people can mix someone's voice one way and then completely butcher yours, or it could be the other way around. You never know. So I think that's just like a risk that all artists really have to take when we're choosing a a mastering or mixing engineer.
0: So the goal is to get signed by a major then correct?
1: I wouldn't say that's the goal. The goal for me is just to be able to comfortably make music. Um, And I know that I may not ever feel like completely settled with the way that being an artist as a full-time career is, but I just would like to feel like I don't have to reach out to anybody to get anything done i think that's my main goal as an artist and i would love to one day have my own like i don't know if i want a label i know i definitely want it to be like a sort of school where we get to teach others and Mm kind of like help create bands and things of that sort so i really want to venture into opening my own type of business one day i'm just trying to figure out what that is because i see like myself opening like a bar and having shows there as well but right now i know that my main focus is just making sure that i can make my music comfortably without having to reach out to other people that's one of my biggest goals yeah
0: you know wake Mm -hmm. up when you want to hit the studio when Mm -hmm. you feel like it
1: drop Um, music when you feel like it without having to ask the graphic designer and having to ask the engineers and stuff i want to be able to mix it i want to be able to record myself i do my own graphic editing and stuff like that on my promo like, I want to just handle it all myself. And if I do want to reach out to somebody, I have that option, but I'm not moving on other people's time, you know? Is, is that
0: practical, though?
1: Realistically, it's going to take a long time, but I absolutely believe that it's possible. The engineering part is going to be the most challenging for me because I don't mm. really understand. My ears aren't grasping the difference when I'm mix, mixing a lot. So I think that's going to be what's going to take me the longest to understand. But I already edit my own stuff. Like graphic, and I've recently gotten into graphic design with last year. And so now I do all my video promo. I do all my flyers. And I'm still working on cover art. That's the hardest part. So that's going to take me a while, too. But, you know, I think that it's absolutely possible because I'm so determined not to have to depend on anyone. But I absolutely will always want to collaborate with people because collaboration is just a part of the passion of doing music. So like producers and things of that sort, I always want to work with different producers. And, you know, I have to have this argument with people a lot because they're like, uh, you know, like Missy will say, you need to kind of stick with the same kind of promotion, the same kind of sound get out there but i don't feel like that has to be the normal for everybody and i don't i've always been the person to go against the grain i'm the person to go against the grain in my family i was the person to do it at my school i was the person to do it (laughs) at my job like i'm always that person who's going to be like um i think i'm gonna do it my way and so you know i feel like just constantly working with people getting different sounds exploring all of the aspects of music like I think it's important to hone in on that throughout your whole career without having to say, "Oh, I can only do this once I'm established." Like, you're not even going to want to do it at that point. You may not even have the skill to be so like flexible within your genres at that point. Like, I don't I don't want to be stagnant.
0: I don't know. I think you you I think every artist has an equator.
1: Yeah. You mm-hmm. know,
0: and 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 when you go across that equator, you may have, you know, varying terrains, varying mm. views, you know, things may change, but there's one consistency, and there's a consistency with you.
1: Yeah. Um
0: it it's a uh, again, it's it's definitely your penmanship is dope, but the the I don't want to say pain, mm-hmm. but the vulnerability is there.
1: Yes, absolutely. The transparency and the vulnerability It's two things I take really like seriously as an artist, because a lot of times, you know, people want to cancel you whenever you feel too much or if you say too much. And I just think that as an artist, like sometimes we have to have those moments because that's where the creativity lies and overly feeling and being that open and letting people hear that. Like, I feel like that's so important. And I really respect that people are able to grasp that for me because I sometimes I'm not sure if people notice, but a lot of times, People will let me know, like, I really love your transparency and your vulnerability. I'm like, that's crazy, because I want to make sure that that's something that's translatable.
0: I mean, well, you know, any, any anybody, especially nowadays, with, with the proliferation of auto-tune, anybody can make a fucking song to an extent. You're right,
1: you're right. But you're the Great right. Ones
0: make songs that you remember got you through a moment. Or I met so and so to this song, or you know, like, and yeah. that's that's what art is supposed to be.
1: Yes, I absolutely agree, and I think that it's really hard because I say it a lot. Like, most of the time, people not only are people not genuine, but they're also they also don't have the passion. Like, and it's to me, it's very visible when you're doing music and you don't have a passion for it, and that seems to be what's taking over the industry right now. So it's just like, oh my it God. makes people like me question if we really want a place in that type of energy, because it's like, I don't, well, the one thing I never want to be is watered down, which is why I don't know if I want to sign to a label because I don't need people to write for me. I don't really need to pay for the expensive engineers and the Rangers and, um, and producers. Like I, I work with people close to me, I work with my peers, I work with family, like, you know, stuff like that. And I think that it's hard to keep that type of consistency when you sign like sign your creativity away and stuff like that. Like I just I don't want to be put in that position.
0: I mean, well, you know the way I look at it is Prince was an absolute weirdo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean for for any time frame in the history of mankind, you didn't see too many brothers walking around with their ass hanging out.
1: I'm trying to tell you,
0: and yet one of the greatest motherfuckers to ever pick up a guitar yep. or, or 37 different instruments, however many in- instruments he played. He's got mm-hmm. songs that will last until this planet explodes.
1: Exactly. Songs that it's, singers and people coming up after him will always want to indulge oh in and God. try to imitate so that they can become the artists that they'll be. Like That's the type of person that I want to be. I want to be the person who's being imitated, which I already am, and you know, inspiring people to step into their own artistry from what they learned from me
0: is there a song that just absolutely changed you
1: yes (laughs) most definitely i can remember the day that my brother came in the computer room at our house and he was like listen to this song and it was brandy and it was this song acapella something is missing Mm -hmm. all vocals maybe just a little bass and a little guitar i was like this is what I wanna do. This is how I wanna sing. This is what, how I wanna arrange. And from that moment forward, like I just went down like a rabbit hole with Brandy and studied her top to bottom. Same with Jasmine, same with Kim and the Clark sisters. Like, just hearing people who kind of had that similarity from that song. I was like, this is where I want my artistry to go. This is the type of artist that I see myself becoming.
0: Does Brandy get the credit she deserves?
1: Sometimes. I think that we're getting there. As a society, I think we're getting there. The more that we stop praising mediocrity, the more that Brandy will be recognized for the stuff that she has done. Just like how Jasmine is finally getting the recognition she deserves. Like, I feel like this is long overdue. But it took her writing about holes and stuff like that for people to open their eyes. Because I'm like, it's always been there. But, you know, get that certain audience, I feel like, is where we get confused with if people have the right respect or not because like we still have this conversation about Beyonce and why are we even having this conversation when she's going on the type of tours and selling them out the way she is like it's like we know for a fact that these people Brandy, Beyonce, Jasmine, Kim like they're staples but you have that opposite side of the field who like to listen to other people who they think is number one who try to denounce them just because they don't think that they're their number one but it's just like yo there's room for all of us and I think that us as artists and people who are just listeners we all have to understand that there is a space for everybody whether we like it or not like years ago i probably would have been talking shit about like taylor swift's music or something like that but now i'm like as an artist i'm able to listen and Mm -hmm. indulge in certain things even if it's not the way i would approach it Mm because i have the respect for the passion you can hear when someone is gifted when they have that gift when it's this is their purpose like you can't take that away from somebody. And it's really kind of hard to get everybody to agree on that. So I yeah, never true. think that Brandy's starting to get the credit she deserves. But it's always gonna be people out there that's gonna hate on her. Although I, I got it. a theory on Brandy. I
0: think that The Boy is mine was a gift and a curse for her. Why you say that? I think commercially, it's a huge, phenomenal mm-hmm. song, great, great yeah. move commercially. Yeah, but artistically. Monica was seen as a better singer. It may still be by a lot of people. I I'm not I'm not I'm not saying it's true or not. I am not <laughs> you know I'm not professional enough at gauging yeah. you know singers to know. But I think that there was always that competition. Whether it was a real competition, it was a competition that we bestowed on them. Yeah. And I think that took away. From some of Brandy's greatness,
1: you know, I was so young when that was happening. I was only listening to the music and enjoying the music aspect of it. Um, so I don't really know too much about what it may or may have, may not have done. I just know that when I'm around singers, they know who 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 is her. But then when you're around people who just listen to music because they like to listen to music, yeah, they're they're conflicted. I'm like. For me there's there's no confliction. and it, it never was before the boys mind and it wasn't after whether I was young or not like I'm not confused but you know again like every time we bring in people who are just listeners that conversation gets really tricky because it's it's, it's getting objective it's it's like you can't really say Monica's things better or Brandy things better when you don't really sing at all in my opinion that's just me though you know Does it irritate I know. you I don't, know. I don't know. Oh, it irritates me so bad. When people say, Monica (laughs) sings better than Brandy. Because it's just like, bro, like, what grounds? Like, what's the proof here? I'm trying to see, like, what it is that's making people say that. But, like, it's not to me that Monica can't sing. Like, you know, I think that she's a great person. Very beautiful. Very beautiful. You know what I'm saying? But singing-wise, there is no inspiration for me there. Like, I'm not feeling something here that's making me like, oh my goodness, like I need to go back and listen to this. And that's not to take away from the hits that she's made. Like she's made amazing yeah. hits along yeah. with other people who were helping her make those hits. But Brandy, like the type of person I think could actually give like a masterclass. I wouldn't see Monica giving a masterclass. I would see mm-hmm. Brandy giving a masterclass. Cause I feel like this is more so her, her art and her career. Um, just like, I feel like she's more experienced with her ability and what she can do rather than Monica. I don't know. You know, it's complex because, you know, everybody has their opinions. But that's forever going to be mine. Okay.
0: And one more question. I'm going to let you go. I know you guys should do. But Beyonce. (laughs) So is, is Beyonce a great singer or is she a good singer and a great performer?
1: Beyonce is a great singer. I just recently did a cover last year of hers plastic off the sofa, sofa, mm-hmm. and just singing how she sang that song, I'm just like, how are you doing this? Like, we, I don't think what people understand with Beyonce, like, she's been doing this so long. That woman is like a pro at every aspect of what she's doing. Yeah. And it, it it really doesn't get any better than that in that aspect. Like, yes, she doesn't have certain agility that Maybe um, Kimberrell has like, you know, they're not doing the same type of things, but at the same time in the field that she's working, she's working that shit. Like, I mean, I've been listening to Beyonce since she was in Destiny Child and I was a kid and I had the little CD player, the little Dora CD player and I was studying <laughs> Destiny's Child CDs. I'm back to back, I'm trying to tell you. And then when she went solo, man, I had every CD bro. And I'm just like, her music, her performance, but also her ideas, like you just you really can't take away from it. It's great. Like you cannot denounce the work that she's put in. And I just I, I will always appreciate that. And I hope that I don't that I don't get caught lacking on Twitter. If I was a kid and I was sleep on Beyoncé, I'm sorry, y'all. I was wrong. I admit it. But now I'm <laughs> like, especially after trying to do plastic off the sofa, that messed me up. I'm like, how did she sing that? It just doesn't make any sense, like her breath control just her control period is just crazy you know i just i absolutely respect her and i think that she could teach a master class as well so i think that she has the reins to say she's one of the greats
0: i was not a fan of beyonce for a while
1: Mm. i I like some of the songs
0: but i didn't think she was like you know like she wasn't whitney houston
1: Mm. see Um, it's hard you know because whitney is one of a kind too you know what i'm saying but that's the thing she's not whitney houston because she's one of her own greats. Like, I feel like everybody has their own place on the the mountain of Everest. Like, they everybody has their own place, their own legendariness that they have, because nobody was Prince, nobody was Michael, nobody was Whitney, nobody was Beyonce, nobody was Jasmine, nobody was Kim, nobody was the Clark sisters, nobody was D'Angelo, nobody was Daryl Coley. Like, everybody has their own thing that cannot be replicated, that cannot be duplicated. Even if people D'Angelo take from was it- a
0: wild boy, too.
1: Man, one
0: of my favorites, bro. I'm
1: trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. But that's another one of my favorite BGV arrangements. Like, just the way that his BGVs are arranged put a huge inspiration on how I do my stuff as well. His who? His BGV arrangements. Background vocals.
0: Oh, you know. Yep. I'm just an old nigga with a
1: microphone. I don't don't know the lingo. (laughs) Yes, BGV. Background vocals. That's my thing. Arrangements. Yeah. All of that. I loved his. Like, I I think that most of the time when I'm putting people in my top five, it's based on how their background vocals relate to their lead vocals. That's really Oh, you got a to top me.
0: five of, of singers of all time? Yes. Oh, I got to hear this one before we go. Who's your top five so, today? So, we
1: already talked about it mainly. So, today, I would say number one, Forever Brandy, and then Jasmine Sullivan, and Kim Burrell, Ella Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. The five always changes. I would say right now in this moment, I'm going to go with her name is Isla. If you don't know her, get to know her. That's all I'm saying. Oh, that's a different conversation. If we're talking men, Stevie Wonder. Uh, Samo, Daryl Walls. The fifth is always interchangeable. Mm, I don't know if I have a fifth right now. I'm not going to lie. It varies. You okay. See? Who'd you say the third and the fourth was?
0: Daryl Walls?
1: So w- Daryl Walls. Yeah, from the Walls group? Absolutely.
0: Okay. That must be gospel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. No,
1: never heard yes, of The Walls group. They're, they're not really much new. They, um, they've um they been in an industry mm-hmm. for the amount of time now. Okay. Um, but you should check them out. The Walls group is really dope. One of my favorite gospel groups. They're all siblings. Really dope, man. Okay, who was number three? So Stevie Wonder, Daryl Walls, Samote. Samote is another uh, R&B artist who I really love because he's a great singer, yes, but also I feel like we relate in the way that we write. I think Mm -hmm. that 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 would be like my male counterpart in my ideas. Like, if I was to be like, if someone was to be like, oh, we're going to compare like a male and a female in the game right now, I feel like that's who I relate to the most as a male in the game right now.
0: Okay, we we'll have to check yeah. that out. Um, oh people, yeah, he's amazing. People want to get in contact with you. They they want to buy a song. They they want you to perform. How do they go about doing that?
1: Okay, so you can always find me anywhere on Instagram, YouTube, uh, Apple Music, Spotify, on um, my name Brayla B R A Y L A. y l a six over there. Um, or you can look up my Instagram dot okay. Anatomy B R A Y S dot Anatomy like Bray's Anatomy, but Bray's Anatomy.
0: Um, and I'm always
1: on there. That's usually where I'm always that don't look for me on twitter if my account is private i'm not looking for friends that's my place to get off my opinions <laughs> and then facebook <laughs> is like you know i have a facebook i think it's also brazen me, but those are only three things and tiktok so it's all the same name everywhere though
0: okay all right well it has been uh it has been an absolute treat to talk to you
1: It was so good talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to me. I appreciate
0: that. I wasn't doing nothing but sitting on my couch today. I'm (laughs) off work today, so.
1: (laughs) I know that's right. (laughs) I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed
0: it, but thank you. Yes, no
1: problem. Thank you, Rita. Shout out to Rita. Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) Oh no, no. If you need anything, don't hesitate to reach out. I'm not sure what I can do, Um, but you know, I've been doing this for a while. I, I run into a couple people over the years, so if you need anything, just let me know. I got you
1: absolutely i hope to keep in contact with you and thank you one more oh, time
0: absolutely. thank you so much no doubt
1: yeah. have a good one all right
0: have a good one all right peace all
1: right bye
0: and this has been jobs you already know man it's another episode of intellectually petty radio man what a joy it's just a just a wonderful soul a beautiful spirit Um, uh, make sure y'all go out and y'all check out Braze anatomy on instagram And, man, I know she got new stuff out. Go check out the new music. Um, Go back and check out EP2 also. Oh, fucking phenomenal. Um, I'm I'm absolutely certain you're going to hear her name in the future. Anyway, um, that's just been another episode of Intellectually Petty. I said that already. Y'all have a good one. I'm out.